everybody. Thank you for continuing to listen to the podcast. I appreciate all the downloads and all the suggestions and all the love. But I will have to say that I am such a gracious podcast host. And the reason why I'm saying that is because this week, I'm actually letting one of my rivals on the podcast. He is one of the biggest anti haters I know. I do not appreciate him. He marched for South Carolina State. <laughs> Just kidding. I do appreciate him. He's a good dude. His name is Jamie Brunson, and he marched for South Carolina State, the marching 101. He played the tuba. Um, he has a really good story, but right now he is a successful principal. He is also a DJ. He's got a lot of good stuff going on. But the only thing that I don't like about him is that he continues to spread falsehoods and fallacies about anti. <laughs> No, seriously, the two of us, we fight like cats and dogs, but we are like brother and sister. I mean, he, th- this is my dude. So anyway, I'll let him tell his story. So here we have Jamie Brunson. I am here with my friend, Jamie Brunson. Jamie marched for South Carolina State. And I tell you, you know, we've known each other for a good 20 years. And it's always, it's always some hate on his side. He's the biggest anti-hater. <laughs> the biggest anti-hater that I know. But um, anyway, <laughs> I thought it would be really good to talk with him and find out more about him because you have a really um, interesting story that I think people would benefit from. So how uh-huh. you doing, Amy? I'm doing good. How about yourself? Good, good. Okay. <laughs> All right. So we'll just go ahead and get started. So Jamie, tell me where where's your hometown? I'm from a small town called Cameron, South Carolina, which is roughly about five, 10 minutes from Orangeburg. So as might you might as well say I'm an Orangeburg local. Okay, good, good. And Jamie, I know that, that tuba is your main instrument, right? Yes indeed, most definitely. Okay. All right. So what made you want to play the tuba and how, how old were you when you first started to learn? Ah, uh, interestingly enough, uh, you know, growing up as a, as an Orangeburg local, we always went to the uh, South Carolina State homecoming parade or the Orangeburg Christmas parade. So I'd always see the one-on-one and I can remember my mom telling me from being a little baby, I would always emulate the tubas when they came down marching down the street and I could march just like them and whatever the case may be. So when it, came time when we could join middle school band in seventh grade band director asked me what i wanted to play interesting enough at first i said i wanted to play the saxophone i don't know why i don't know where that came from i wanted to play the saxophone i didn't get an instrument in time to begin school and the band director was like hey man i need a tuba player you want to want to play the tuba i said yeah sign me up and the rest (laughs) is history Okay. All right. So what high school did you go to and were they, were they like a mini one-on-one? Okay. So I went to Calhoun County High School, which is in St. Matthew, South Carolina, my county's county seat. And we were a core style band. Um, Okay. Yeah, we were a core style band, but my band director was a one-on-one alum. Uh, Hmm. He was to say, but uh, he went to Orangeburg Wilson School in Orangeburg. Big Black High School was also a core style band. But, you know, we were a core style band, but we in the stands, we kind of got down a little bit. You know what I mean? We Mm -hmm. were in a uh, uh, Hey Baby Baby band. We did did play traditional R&B, pop tunes, rap tunes, whatever the case may be. So, you know, uh, went to a core style band. So the transition was, I'm going to say rough, but seeing the one-on-one my whole life, it wasn't so hard, you know, and then having the opportunity to go to summer band camp my senior year, um, transitioning into my crab year, uh, helped out a lot, I can say. It gave me a jump start on, on that transition, but uh, yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. So you were in this 
this band that did kind of like the best of both worlds, you know, like you had core style on the field and then maybe, you know, R&B, like stuff that HBCU bands did in, in the stands, right? Mm-hmm. Correct. Okay. All right. So I know that you, I mean, I grew up in a college town too, a, a, a city where there's an HBCU located. So I don't want to assume, but why did you want to go to South Carolina State? I went to South Carolina State to be in the band. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, no, but my uh, my family has a deep tradition of attending South Carolina State University, so it was only right. My my actual choices were between. This is a crazy story too. My final two choices were between Florida and and South Carolina State. Yeah. Not imagine you at FAMU. I can. <laughs> I'll tell you. So um, I was actually I was supposed to go to FAMU's band camp the summer going into my senior year of high school. Prior to me going to Tallahassee, I got accepted to go to uh, Boys State here in uh, South Carolina. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know what Boys State was. All I know is I was going to Tallahassee that summer to go to band camp and I was going to be ready. And uh, when I got that invitation to go to Boys State, my mom was like, oh, you're going to Boys State. I was like, but what about band camp? She's like, oh no, you're going to Boys State. Mm-hmm. So I went to, uh, went to Boys State I, the whole and it was in Spartanburg, South Carolina. So the whole ride of Spartanburg, I'm mad. I'm supposed to be going to Tallahassee this day. But uh, by the time I left Boy State, I, it was actually a very great experience. Got to meet one of my mentors, my good frat brother of mine, two times as a matter of fact, Grammy Award winning trumpeter and band leader of Ranky Tanky, um, <laughs> Charlton Singleton. Yeah, Charlton, crazy story too. He was only the band director one year, and that year. His old band director from Wando High School in Charleston used to be traditionally the band director at Boy State. But for some reason this year, he couldn't do it. So Charlton stepped in. So he's a one-on-one alum. He steps in and he's the band director at Boy State. So he said, you're going to be in the band? I said, yeah, I'm going to be in the band up here. Audition, sat first year too, whatever. I'll uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, so did the audition or whatever. And, you know, of course, uh, that band was, we played a lot of marches and things of that nature. But he allowed us to delve off a little bit. If, if, so we were able to play fanfares and riffs and things of that nature. So, you know, just meeting Charlton that time and, you know, kind of keeping in contact with him, that kind of even fueled my fire more. Say, hey, I might need to go to Orangeburg. So senior year, applied. I got in everywhere I applied to, but I was like, I'm going to Orangeburg. Okay. My next was set. Okay, okay. So who, in, who else in your family went to South Carolina State? My dad went to South Carolina State. My mom went to South Carolina State grad school. And she went to class for undergrad, but she went to South Carolina State grad school. Um, I have tons of cousins that went to South Carolina State, aunts and uncles. It, it's just deep. Uh, we were just a, a South Carolina State family. Um, but I was the only one that was in the one-on-one. <laughs> really? Okay. Were you the only one that was like musically inclined or just the only one that chose to march in college? Only one that chose to march in college. Uh, others went. I have I have some older cousins that marched, but not immediate family. But I have some older cousins that marched, but immediate family, I was the only one. Okay. Okay, mm-hmm. good. And last question I want to ask about in high school. You said, were you like section leader? You said you were first chair. <laughs> did, I, did I say that right? Yeah, listen, I, uh, so my high school is pretty small, actually. Probably my first. My first two, three years, we probably marched about 100. But needless to say, I was a section leader since my first year in the band. <laughs> I came into the high school band as a section leader. How did that like, happen? I, there were three of us that played two. And I was in the eighth grade, actually. <laughs> I was in the eighth grade. And the other two were freshmen. And um, 
I was just better than him. <laughs> and the band director was like, <laughs> you're going to be the section leader. So when he would ask my opinion, and I wasn't even at the high school yet, they'd be looking at me like, are you actually the same grade as But, yo, it was just like that. I Like, I, I've never been able to elude leadership, so. Okay. I was, yeah. Okay, good, good. So you graduate high school and you mm-hmm. get to South Carolina State. And tell me about your first camp as a, as a college student. <laughs> so, you know, like I said, I, I gone to some um, summer band camp. So, you know, you get that, you get there, everybody's nice, you know. Yeah, come on, you're going to come to Orange it's going to be great. Yeah. And you arrive at camp that Sunday and you're loading up your dorm room and everything, people helping you move in. It's all good. And the first practice is at 5.30 a.m. Monday morning. And they tell you practices at 5.30, you better be here before. So you get there at 5.15 and uh, you're already late. <laughs> okay, you're already late. So where our campus is set up, our, our practice field is right in front of our stadium um, at that time. So we block it up and I think we're getting ready to march to the field and the drum majors blow the whistle and say let's go and we take off running <laughs> oh no what is this <laughs> so we run down to the practice field and you're dying and you get through that first practice and you get to breakfast at 7 a.m and you can't eat because you're so warm because <laughs> <laughs> you had a 60 pound tuba on, on you yeah. exactly Mm-hmm. And you can't put this horn down. Mind you now, you've played this horn all your life, but it's different now. So first of all, it's a Con 20K. So if you know anything about a Con 20K, it's a very heavy horn. So you go from this horn you playing in high school to Con 20K, and it's wearing your shoulders out, and you're a crab. you got to stand at attention. You can't put your horn down when the upper class put their horn down. You're just standing there, and you get to that second practice, and you get to that third practice. So I think at that time, we were probably practicing – probably about five times a day throughout the day. And it started at 5.30 and we were done probably at about 10.30 p.m. So after about the first three days, I called my mom. I was like, I don't know if this is for me. <laughs> Come get me. I won't go home. <laughs> and she was like, yeah, right. Okay. Uh, you know, you experience the cramps and things of that nature, the hurt ankles and everything. But, you know, after a while you get used to it because it's something that you want to do and you're in love with it. So you, you adjust. Right. Okay. Okay. Good. So when was your first game and do you remember who you played or was it a battle of the bands or was it a game? Our our first game was a game. We went to Furman in Greenville, South Carolina. So Furman is a PWI, Mm -hmm. but they have, those folks have a grand admiration when an HBCU band enters yeah. campus. So we arrive, uh, and we had done some small performances in the area, but as far as game atmosphere, that was our first game. So we arrive at Furman that morning, and, you know, they, they lay out the red carpet. They invite they invited us to the cafeteria. We ate. Why well, am I one of the best breakfasts I had in a, forever <laughs> on, a, on a college campus anyway? We went and ate, and uh, once we eat, eaten, uh, this game was a 12 o'clock kickoff. So if you know anything about South Carolina, <laughs> in late August, early September, it's blazing hot. So I guarantee it's 300 degrees outside. Right up on that wool uniform. Mm-hmm. We block it up. We march in that stadium at Furman. And I mean, it's just a big <sighs> whole time because, of course, Furman's not doing what we're doing. And this was probably, it wasn't probably, this was the largest that the one-on-one had ever been at this time. So at this time, we are probably about 290. And uh, we roll up into the stadium. 
We had one of our new uniforms. Shouts out to 1996, our new blue uniform. <laughs> <laughs> and we roll up in there, man, and it was just, whoa. And you'd practice and practice and practice, but you go out and do that first performance and that, that nervous energy is rolling. And boy, you're like, oh, my God, this is real. <laughs> And yep. you get through that show and you come off that sideline, you're about to die. <laughs> <laughs> Especially in the wool, wool uniform, oh, 12 o'clock in South Carolina in yes. late August with yes. a 60-pound instrument. Yes, indeed. Lord have mercy. Wow. It's a, it's a wonder that you made it. You know what I mean? That's- I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Yes, indeed. Mm-hmm. So, um, talk about like some of the games or some of, some of the more memorable matchups you remember, and it could either be through, uh, you know, your freshman year, your crab year, or it could be, you know, through all the years that you marched. But what were some memorable matchups? Okay, so from that year, we got an opportunity. We had a battle of the bands that we did every year in Charleston, South Carolina. And if you know a little bit about South Carolina, uh, the legendary Mr. Leonard McLeod is the band director at Burke High School in Charleston. And he's a Florida A&M alum through and through. Uh, so every other year, probably, he would get the 100 to come up to Charleston for that Battle of the Band. So it will be us and you guys, or us and AMT, and that, I mean, or us and FAMU. Mm-hmm. And that rotation kind of went pretty much through um, my time at South Carolina State. So this year, this is going to be my first year, uh, first time seeing Florida A&M. Matter of fact, we saw it twice that year. So it's uh it's probably the third week of the season, and uh we get to face off against FAMU in Charleston, the 100 versus the 101, and it, yeah. it was uh, it was definitely a memorable battle that day. So let's talk about the Sar- the Sergeant brothers to okay. give, give a little bit of background. So we've got we've got Lindsey Sergeant who is the arranger for Florida A&M, and mm-hmm. then we have Ronald Sergeant who is the director for South Carolina State. So they're yes. brothers. And mm-hmm. both of them have really good reputations for, you know, they're just they're just great at what they do, both of them. And um, yes. so that kind of created a rivalry between you two. And then also like your band's names with FAMU being the Marching 100 and then South Carolina State being the Marching 101. I'm just giving some background uh-huh. so that people who listen to this who may not understand the rivalry, just giving them a little bit of uh, context. So tell me about that that battle. Yes. So you know the the Sergeant brothers, rest in peace to our great Ronald Sergeant, um, were probably two of the goats when it came mm-hmm. to arranging. Um, when it came to arranging, I mean those jokers could make any ensemble sound like a masterpiece just from their pen. And I I guess they attribute a lot of that to uh, knowing the ensemble that they're writing for, you know, because you could you could look at some of um, Ronald's arrangements and see that he wrote differently for he would even take a piece like our fight song and he rearrange it every few years based on where his strengths were in the band. But, you know, I say that to say that that really created a. A, an unspoken rivalry between the 100 and the 101. You know, whenever we saw them, it was always going to be wartime. Now, if you ever met Mr. Sergeant, you know, he was a laid back kind of nonchalant kind of guy. When we were playing FAMU, <laughs> even Sarge got turned up, you know. Well, our, our band practices during the week were from 445 to 715. Mm-hmm. And 715, we were off that field. 
we play family probably at eight o'clock. <laughs> eight okay. <laughs> just to make sure every every uh I was dotted, every T was crossed. But you know, that rivalry was uh, it, it was definitely mutual respect between the two bands for the most part. You know, you have some you have some jokers on one side or the other talking recklessly, but you know, it, there was definitely a mutual respect during that time between the two bands but it was always a, a good fun robbery and we knew each other so well um i can remember a time we, we were florida and them had come to orangeburg uh this was my sophomore year and so we were doing pregame and we had marched uh we had done we were getting ready to make the tunnel in the end zone for the football team to run out so for us and i'll give you an insight into our band and when our percussion section cuts off it's always a traditional roll off into cutoff knowing each other so well when we got to the end of the cutoff, or we got to the end of the roll-off before the cutoff, Florida and M band comes in with uh in storm and sunshine. Like, like it, it was like we were sitting there like, what? <laughs> so you know, it, it was just uh that 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 rivalry was just that intense. Uh so when we went back to Tallahassee the following year, uh, as soon as they got off the field for pregame, that was the first time I think I'd ever witnessed a zero quarter. And we had a zero quarter on through by the sixth quarter. <laughs> you know what I mean? But it, it was just like that. It was all fun. Uh, you got to book up for that game, most definitely. And there was a band in Greensboro I'll talk about in a little bit, too, that, uh, you know, we used to get out. But, you know, that that rivalry. But going back to the original question, you know, got to see uh, Florida and them in, the, uh, in that classic that uh, early in that season. That was a big moment for us. Who else? Who else did we see freshman year? We saw John C. Smith. And, you know, John C. Smith was always a small band, but they were very energetic. I know you saw him a lot of times. So you see Duncan Gray run up that stand and start dancing his coach line everywhere. So that was that was an interesting game to see. You're like, boy, these little guys think they're really doing stuff. <laughs> um, you got to see them 96, 96. We think back. Well, you don't have to give me every game that you have, right. but I, I just want to But the one I want to talk about, uh, <laughs> what I want to talk about was uh, that final game of the season for us. Here we go. Here we the go. Game. <laughs> huh? Yeah, get ready. That final game of the season for us. We came to Charlotte, North Carolina to face our across-the-border rivals, the North Carolina A&T Blue and Gold Marching Tractors. And Whatever. So- okay, so first of all, <laughs> let me get you together, Jamie, because I'm going to need you to come with the truth because I was in the band then, too. So that was my scene. Oh, I know you were in the band, so you know what time it was. Yeah, yeah. So first of all, we were preparing for this week, and Mr. Sargent says, uh, we're going to do something with the A&T band. We're going to play a march together across the field. We're going to play Rolling Thunder. We're going to play it together. Mm-hmm. We're like, okay, that's cool. We're, we're like, they can play it? And we can like, well, you're going to oh, play wait, it with Wait them. a minute. <laughs> so, uh, but no, we so we, we're getting up for that game. And if you know, it, in our band, it's tradition that everyone becomes a full-fledged member of their section before yeah. that last year game. So everybody, you a new Tweety Bird, you a new Thunder Brother, whatever mm-hmm. the case may be. So we're all hyped up, man. We're riding up to uh, Charlotte. We get there. I can't remember if we did the parade before that one or not. But we get to that classic, and, man, we're in the stands, and it's a knockout drag out. We get to halftime, and, of course, there's no contest. We mopped the floor with um, Auntie that day. And then you woke up. Huh? And then you woke up. No, 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 no. That's, that's true. <laughs> that's super true. <laughs> 
But you know, it, it, it's, okay. it's it's crazy because you have alums on both sides talking about kill them, and you know you got people in the band. It's just a, a good old heated rivalry. Um, you know, I'm you know I'm editing out the foolishness. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing that right. <laughs> I, I know you wanted to sound you know uh, uh, AAT heavy, but you know, but that was that was a an interesting rivalry. But no, seriously, I always had respect for the AAT band, uh, mm-hmm. and it was always a good rivalry. I talk a lot of trash, but you know, I love all HBCU bands. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. And that's why I was like, you know, Jamie, you the trash talking this person. But I mean, I I got love for you. And I I really have love for South Carolina State, too. You know, in a a previous podcast, when I was talking to um, to John Hodge, we were talking we were talking about how like that 86 South Carolina State band was no joke. Like much respect goes to to Mr. Sergeant. Now, 96 was kind of, but y'all's 86 band was good. (laughs) Here we go. Here we go. Neither one of us were in the band that time. That's right. So, yeah, but um, so, you know, that rivalry was something that we look forward to um, even when they kind of dropped the class again. We went back to uh, campus and campus thing, which I I was gone by then. But uh, my freshman year, we were at... What's the stadium? Uh, Memorial Stadium in Charlotte. Mm-hmm. And then we went to Panther Stadium probably for the next three years, maybe. And hey, then, speaking of that, do you remember playing at the Carolina Panthers game? There was Panthers one game, 96 halftime. Yeah, where both of us, both yep. of our bands were. Okay. Yeah, yeah. We mm-hmm. smacked y'all in too. I tell you, uh, yeah, right. <laughs> it was happening too. But yeah, we smacked y'all up about three times that year. Yeah, whatever. Because, as a matter of fact, the next year, that was the first year y'all came to Charleston. I don't know if you were still in the band yeah, then or not. No, I, I, did, I didn't march that year. I was yeah. still in school. That was my last semester in school. But I, got I it, got it. Yeah, you know what? I, and you did the right thing. I should have done that my last year. I should have quit, but I was still why marching. Do you, why do you say that? Oh, God. And you know what? And, and that, that lesson taught me a life lesson. When you feel like it's time to go, go ahead and go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you feel like it's time to go. I was like, man, I need to go. But I was on scholarship, so... Mm-hmm. I, I needed my scholarship or whatever the case may be, but it was a good year. But, you know, I, I think I've been there one semester too long. I, I was starting to get the younger folk, that generational change has started. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm one way as a bandsman and these nonchalant jokers coming in the band. I'm like, who raised you? Jesus Christ. <laughs> so I, I was more like a, a band staff person than a band member. I'm like, boy, what are y'all doing? <laughs> but, right. Right. Yeah. So let's talk about the um since you're a tuba player, let's talk about the whole Thunder Brothers rivalry. Yes, indeed. We're gonna tell the truth here today. Uh no, we we're tell the truth. I want to hear your side that doesn't necessarily mean it's the truth, just putting that the out truth. there. All right, so Thunder Brothers Incorporated was founded in 1969 on the campus of South Carolina State University in the marching one-on-one band. And I think your guy, you guys date back to the early 80s, maybe. And and I do know the true story. And it ain't nothing wrong with it. I mean, you know, it was it was a guy that transferred from South Carolina State to AT and he took the name with him. And okay. the rest of history. I don't care about that. I mean, it's all good. It's, it's, what, what? it's a section name. Okay. You yeah. know, some people get all being out of shape about it, but you know, it is what it is. I mean, we have a we have a similar story with uh Sam you. As far as uh, the fanfare telephone, uh, there was a guy that transferred from Florida you know, to South Carolina State, brought the riff with him, and we played telephone too. And you know, it, they said we said it was ours, they said it was theirs, and it was a big fight. But you know, that's just that's that's petty. But mm. you know, that that's what happened. I mean, but I'm good with it. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. But that robbery, that no, but we talked a lot of trash in that robbery. Oh yeah. Um, Talked a lot of trash in that robbery. So my freshman year, I can remember. I think you guys might have had about 12 Sousaphones, 96. And there were eight of us that were freshmen. 
And my section leader was like, we were marching out. He was like, go get them. So, boy, the eight of us freshmen lined up in front of uh, A&T's band. And, and we started letting it. No, no, never. Come on now. <laughs> this, this is the real Thunder Brothers now. Come on. But we, uh, you know, just did that little thing, man. So, uh, and I can remember. So, we'd always, it, it would always be a get at them at the end of the game type deal. It would rather be A&T marching out. A&T, Susan Phones at the fence trying to blow it up. Mm-hmm. We're in Panther Stadium. We're leaving out. We're sneaking back in there and trying to get a little bit. So, that, that that's what that rivalry was all about. Lord have mercy. You know, you you know what? I'm a, I'm gonna move on to your time after you graduated. So your 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 day job is well, you're an you're a principal now at, yep. at an elementary school, but you were a math teacher, right? Before yep. that. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. And yeah. so when were you on staff? Because I feel like you were on staff for South Carolina State. So you if it, you probably saw me at MIAC a couple times yeah. um, after I graduated. Sarge called me and was like, uh, Jamie, I really can't go to MIAC this year. Would you mind going with the pep band? Oh, wow. Like, oh, me? You want me to go? All right, let's go. <laughs> so, you know, had that opportunity. And, you know, I always kind of went back while he was still there. And, you know, just kind of lended a helping hand or, or gave some advice or whatever. But he gave me that opportunity. The MIAC 99 turn- basketball tournament was when all of the MIAC bands were there. And I think that has not happened since. And I think that's when a lot of us got to really know each other because yep. like we had been talking to each other on the fifth, but then we got to see each other face to face. So like you know, John Lennard and like the folks from uh, Morgan State, that's where I met right. a lot of them, some folks from Howard, you guys. Yeah, so it was, it was a real cool event. I don't think it's been like that since. Most definitely, man. It, it was it was just cool to meet everybody. And, you know, you guys had something going with the fifth that was hadn't been matched. So shouts out to you guys. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. So, all right. So now you are a, a elementary principal. Middle school. Middle, Middle school. school. Oh, my uh-huh. goodness. Okay. So so tell me about that pass. You started when you first graduated. Well, your degrees in, in math or math? Yeah. Edu- math, math education. Okay. Yeah. So uh, math education, I, got, I jumped out. Uh, Graduated. I graduated December 50, 2001, and December 18th, I was in a school writing lesson plans, uh, oh getting, ready, getting ready for the second semester. So started teaching math. Crazy thing, my high school band director, my my, well, my second, my, my senior year, we got a new band director my senior year. My high school band director, I went to work at her alma mater, which she had come back to at that time to be the band director. She moved on and went into administration. And we got a new director at the school. So, you know, I went and, you know, offered my right hand of fellowship. I was like, yo, bro, listen, you know, I'm watching the band in South Carolina State and I'll be willing to help you, you know, whatever the case may be. He got blew me off. He was like, ah. yeah, okay, all right, yeah, whatever. Okay. Mm-hmm. Got there and uh, we were having a pep rally at the school. And for some reason, all the two players that got put in ISS or something like that, mm-hmm. so they couldn't perform at the pep rally. So I just happened to go by the band room. And uh, he was like, Brunson, didn't you tell me you played tuba? He's like, I need some help, man. I was like, man, give me the horn. So uh, I got the horn and I had the music. I was like, let me see. So I Wait sat there a minute. Like, you about to crank on some high schoolers. It, it was a pit rally. It was just for the school. It, I ain't playing against nobody else. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> yeah, so I was like, give me the horn, man. So I started playing. And the joke was like, I like, I tried to tell you now. I tried to tell you it was real. <laughs> I tried to tell you it was real. So then he's coming to me like, yo, man, I can give you more money than they give you to coach football. But at that time, I was fully immersed. I was like, nah, man, I'm good. Mm-hmm. Or whatever case may be. So that happened. A couple of transitions in the records. And then one of my line brothers, my line brother, my best friend, Devin, uh, he came to be the band director at uh, at Lower Richland. 
And, you know, that kind of created a, a crazy relationship. I also had a high school step team. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I coached a high school step team for years. And I did that ever since I got there. So that was like my mentoring piece. So mm-hmm. <laughs> crazy thing. I hope none of them, none of the uh, kids hear this, but Devin would call me and be like, yo, man, I want so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so to be my section leader. I said, send them on over to the step team. So really and truthfully, <laughs> we had like a high school KK side. I kind of <laughs> developed his leaders uh, for him. You know what I mean? And he would, he would put them in leadership positions. And so it, it, was, it was that band step team connection that kind of made some great leaders. Like I probably made every drum major for him and that's for 12 years. They came through my program and mm. 80% of his male section leaders anyway, because I had all males. So mm-hmm. yeah, man, it, it, it was like that. That's hilarious. So, <laughs> <laughs> so what, what's next for you? Like what, what do you have? What do you have going on? I mean, I know it's COVID Ooh. and everything, but. Um, you know, man, uh, just seeing where this administration thing takes me, man, it's, uh, it's definitely when, when people tell you that the assistant principal and the principalship is different, <laughs> that is not a lie. Mm-hmm. Um, because now, and I, and I won't get, I won't get it twisted. I worked very hard as an assistant principal, but, and I have some great assistant principals that work for me now, but being a principal, you have to have all lands. Mm-hmm. No, hey, go ask her. I'll go ask that guy. That's above my pay grade. I am the pay grade. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. I really like that because I ain't got it. So don't get that twisted. But <laughs> you're at the top of the total pool in the cool. You're the CEO of that business or that operation. But the important piece about that is making sure that you have good people that work with you. So when you need an answer, you can make that phone call or make a text message like, hey, what's X, Y, Z? And they've already given you that information or they can give it to you just to make sure that your whole organization looks good. So as far as next, I don't know. I, I think it's kind of early to go to district office. I really truthfully only have about eight more years so I can talk about that thing called retirement. But mm-hmm. uh, I have an eight-year-old, so uh, I'm not retiring anytime soon. Yeah, I'm going to ask about her. So are you are you taking her to South Carolina State games, of course, before COVID? You take oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Most definitely. She knows about the Bulldog. She wears she wears Bulldog paraphernalia. And, and of course, uh, especially at that young age, everyone talks about Clemson and the University of South Carolina. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I make sure that she's educated about HBCUs. You know, both of us are South Carolina State grads and my wife went to FAMU for grad school. So mm-hmm. that's, uh, we, we have the whole experience and we teach her about South Carolina State, teach her about Florida and and all the HBCUs, even um, that one in Greensboro. But uh-huh. uh, <laughs> but um, she's going to, she, we're going to let her make her own decision. Of course, we're going to go where the money resides. <laughs> yeah, of course. Where the money resides. Yes. <laughs> yes, indeed. But, uh, you know, we're going to let her make her own decision, but we're going to definitely fuel it with uh, a lot of HBCUs. So, you mm-hmm. know, hopefully she understands the importance of HBCUs by that time. And hopefully they aren't so watered down by the time she becomes of college age that, you know, it's, it's not of importance because it, it, it's a, you know, it shouts out to schools like you in Florida and them who are able to thrive but you know a lot of my hbcus are being attacked right now and it's it's uh it's crazy mm-hmm. you know so is, is she musically inclined she is but she is more along the 
dance line right now. She loves to dance and she loves to draw. So you okay. know, I don't know where that's going to go. I'm going to try to put an instrument in her hand. She says she wants to play an instrument. We'll see. You know, I'm, I, I'm not going to try to force it on her because, you know, forcing things on kids makes her hate it. I'm mm-hmm. not going to force it on her, but she loves the dance thing right now. She can't be no dance in her band. <laughs> uh, why not? Yeah, L to the no, bro. No, I'm going to just leave that at that. So let I me know. just... Because if she ultimately she wants to do it, you know she can. But mm-hmm. you know what, you a trip. Okay. <laughs> anyway, the last thing I wanted to ask you was like, what what do you, what advice do you have for somebody that might be thinking about marching in an HBCU band, or you have any like last words, anything that's you know on your heart that you want to get out? A few things, man. To the future, man. Just uh, be serious about your craft. You know, learn all you can about your instrument. Don't don't get trapped into one style. Uh, you know, oftentimes people see HBCU bands and they look at halftime and look at cranking in the stands and things of that nature. But if you want to be serious about it, the spring semester is where it's at. It's all about concert band. Mm-hmm. Uh, concert band makes you a better instrumentalist, uh, makes you a better musician, all of that. Um, mm-hmm. And that's where that's where you develop. Hey, man, keep it going, man. Um, HBCU bands are where it's at. Things have changed a lot so much. Uh I don't know if I could be in the band today. Joe can't even play during the game. So it, it's tough. Or you only mm-hmm. get 30 seconds and then it's commercial. It's all about money. They got to pay the bills. I wish you could go back to the bands, being the bands at the games. But I guess that's what the battle of the bands are for now. But uh, well, yeah, the, the whole experience is just different. Meaning that like you think about, I mean, I don't know about what y'all used to do, but I know when we would go on long trips and whatnot on the buses, like people bring band tapes and stuff like that. Like you can't, there's no need to do that now. You, you pull up YouTube on your phone. Right. Everybody's watching a different clip on YouTube. Yeah. But yeah. Mm-hmm. You, you, you have a whole season band tape. You pop it in and be like, Oh my goodness. We tripping. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. man. You remember oh. we, then we used to trade tapes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That was crazy, man. Yeah, yeah. Mailing tapes across the nation. Yep, I had two VCRs and would use one like as a dubbing device so that I could. And then you can tell when you get the old tapes because it's like a, a tape of a tape of a tape of a tape. Oh, God. Exactly. And the range would be change keys by five times. You're like, what? Exactly. It's all warped and stuff. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Yeah, well, it was great talking to you. Um, I'm so glad that, you know, we were able to cut up a little bit because I really, really enjoy talking with you. So most definitely, most definitely. You have listened to the HBCU Band Experience with Christy Walker. Interviews and editing conducted by yours truly, Dr. Christy Walker. The music is District 4 by Kevin McLeod. And you can find this podcast on hbcubandexperience.podbean.com. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Take care.